Let's now turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. I hope you're all doing great today. hope you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And now we're starting to go into a Christmassy season. And I realize that some people, for some people, I'm starting off late in Christmas. Because, after all, some people start Christmas in September. <laughs> I don't. When I was young, I used to start in the Christmas stuff the moment that November began. I don't do that anymore. I believe Thanksgiving is very important. I start getting a Christmassy feeling early, especially because I have to get Christmas program stuff started. And it's very difficult for me when we start practicing with the choir. But it's, but it's very important to be thankful to the Lord God, isn't it? And so I do my best to remember Thanksgiving and what it means. And then I start going into Christmassy stuff, believe me. Okay. Now that we've turned, we have plenty of time to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let's now stand as we are going to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 12. As we want to honor God with the reading. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 12 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be very glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in this manner they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. I don't think so. I think it's I think it's whatever this is. Yeah. Okay. I apologize about that. We're gonna go ahead and change the batteries here. Poor as a church mouse. Poor as a church mouse. What does it mean to be poor as a church mouse? Well, this is an old saying, an old statement, an old saying. In fact, poor as a church mouse is a simile. A simile. What is a simile? Well, I just said it's a statement, a saying. Thank you. In fact, how old is this saying, the statement, the simile? Well, I didn't know until this week because I started studying. Believe it or not, this statement, this saying, this simile came around the mid 1600s. Can you believe that? The mid 1600s? I bet you didn't know that. Poor as a church mouse. It came around way back when. The meaning of poor as a church mouse is having little or no wealth. 
little or no wealth, or very few possessions. He, or this is the saying that people used to say, he or she, usually she, they would say, he or she is poor as a church mouse, so you can't expect her to donate anything. Really kind of a bad saying. That people don't expect anything from her or don't expect anything from him. He or she is poor as a church mouse. You can't expect anything from him. So that's the old statement. That's the old saying. They're poor as a church mouse. The reason for this long-used simile is unclear. But most believe that since churches didn't have much back then, and they didn't, the old churches back in the day, the little churches, they didn't have much money. So people believe that the old statement was that they were no, weren't known for storing food. They weren't known for having much wealth, so a mouse inside would probably eat very poorly. Now, I don't find this too very funny, this statement, because a handful of months ago, we had, we had to exterminate here in the church because we had, we had church mice here. So that's why I don't find this too very funny when they said back in the day, in the 1600s, mid-1600s, that churches weren't known for having enough food for mice, because we did! And we had to clean, don't worry, we don't now. But we had to exterminate folks, this isn't the first time. It happens every few years. We end up having church mice, and we had to clean them out. And so we had too many church mice visiting. Now, we want visitors here. We want plenty of visitors here. But I really don't want rodents. I don't want vermin. I don't want pests, at least not those kind of pests. Not here, and we, believe me, we've had plenty of pests in the past, but not those kind. Uh, anyway, but there are only three mice that I like in life. Only three mice that I've ever truly really been a fan of. And the first one I've mentioned many, many times, an old American hero of mine that I love very much, Mickey. I like Mickey Mouse. He's my, 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 one of my favorite old mice in the old world. I love Mickey Mouse. In fact, I've often spoken like him. Oh, boy! I'm a big Mickey Mouse fan. In fact, I got me a tie this week to go with this. I, uh, because I needed another one. And so I got me a Christmas Mickey tie. I know my mom knows I need ties. Another mouse I'm a big fan of is Jerry Mouse from Tom and Jerry. So he's welcome here, but none other. Oh, wait, one more. One more I'm a fan of, and that is Mighty Mouse. I like Mighty Mouse. Now, you might want to know why I have Mighty Mouse in a jar. Well, to tell you the truth, this is an old family story, but my Aunt LaDonna, when she was a little bitty girl, about four years old, she liked Mighty Mouse. And she said to her brother, my dad, and her mom that she would like to catch Mighty Mouse, put him in a jar to keep him because she liked Mighty Mouse. So before she left this world, I did that very thing. I gave her Mighty Mouse, put him in a jar. So when she left, they gave his back to me. So that's why I have Mighty Mouse in a jar. So these are my three favorite mice in the world. But besides that, I don't want any other mice. These are the only three that I like. So I like Mickey, I like Jerry, and I like Mighty. You might want to know why I'm bringing them up. Well, you'll see here in a little while. But besides that, I don't really like mice at all. Not at all. However, there is a different kind of church mouse that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about different kinds of church mice. Different kinds of church mice. In fact, there is a different kind of church mouse, and that kind of church mouse is you. You're a church mouse. You just may not know it. But what kind of church mouse, I don't know. And because of that, because of that, I did get another mouse, and I've been having it waiting to visit here today. And it's going to stay here in my office from now on. And this is Eugene, the church mouse. But we'll call him you for short. This is you, the church mouse. And this little church mouse behind its own little pulpit is going to stay here with us, you, the church mouse, 
And you are a church mouse. You are. What kind of church mouse are you? Well, let's talk about that. The name of today's sermon is called The Church Mouse. So what kind of church mouse are you? What kind of church mouse are you? Well, let's take a look. Church mouse means to be poor as a church mouse, as we just said. And it says in the Bible that we are to be poor in spirit. Well, we just read that at the very beginning, to be poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? That can be very confusing to some people. When you say be poor in spirit, the first thing that people think about is that we're supposed to be physically poor. Uh, In other words, to be poor financially, but that's not what it means. It doesn't mean that you need to be poor. I've actually heard people say this, that you're supposed to be financially poor, to have no money. Then there are other preachers who say you're supposed to be financially rich. The Bible doesn't say that, but we'll talk about that a little later. No, that's not what it's about. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to be spiritually poor. In other words, now does this mean you're never supposed to grow in spirit? No, it's not what it means. So what does it mean when the Bible says you're supposed to be poor in spirit? What does that mean? Well, let's talk about that. To be spiritually poor means that you are to have nothing in the beginning when you come to Christ. When you get saved, you're to have nothing. Come to him, to Jesus, not being prideful, not being arrogant, but to come to Jesus saying, I have nothing. I am nothing without you. I am poor in spirit. To know that without God, without him, I can do nothing. And you need Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. To to have to come to God and to count on him. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. To know that you can't do it on your own. Guess why? Because you can't. Without God, guess where you would go? Hell. You would. Without God, you can do nothing. That's what it means to be poor as a church mouse. And you are. If you are saved today, it's because at one time you were as poor as a church mouse. Are you as poor as a church mouse? What is it? Where is it out? Well, let's first go to Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15. It means to be poor in spirit. It's first said there. For the, in Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, talking about the Lord, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and holy spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. But this is repeated several times. Now, we just read this while ago. We know what happens with the Beatitudes, when Jesus was speaking to all of us. We know what Jesus would say, but we're going to repeat it. And that's just Matthew 5.3. Matthew 5.3, it was the very first of the Beatitudes. In other words, how to be. Matthew 5.3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We should be poor in spirit, come to Christ saying, I can do nothing without you. I cannot make it on my own. I cannot do this pridefully. I must have you. Be like the church mouse. Be poor in spirit. Come to Christ, knowing that you need Jesus. How many people think, I can do it all on my own? No, you can't. Without him, you can do nothing. Without him, you are nothing but condemned. That sounds cruel to a lot of people. They think it sounds cruel, but it's not. It's honest. Does Jesus love you? Yes, that's why he came. That's why God came. Does he love you? 
It's why our mothers make a meal for us, because they love us. But it's not their fault if you won't eat it. Why do I say this to you? I say this to you because so many people say, well, I can't help it if I'm not saved. Yes, you can. It's your fault if you won't eat it. Matthew 5, 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We are to be poor in spirit. We're to be poor in spirit. We are to be humble. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. Be humble. We would never know Jesus Christ if we were not humble. You know what's really sad? And this is not an insult to anybody. At least I don't mean it that way. But some people have to be broken. They have to be broken in half. Some people are that way. They have to be broken in half. They almost have to be prideful before they get to be humble. Now, I don't know why some people are that way. It's just the way it is. Does that mean I'm better than them? No. No. The fact is, is I was just a very uh, insecure person. But there's blessings in that too. Not that I was insecure. But because God can use that. Maybe you're the kind who's, who's prideful and God can have to tear you down. Or maybe you're insecure and God can build you up. But God has to have each and every one of us be like a church mouse and be poor in spirit and God builds us up. But it says this in James 4, 6. In James 4, 6. But he gives more grace for this reason. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. As I said, God has to tear down and build up. And we all go through our humble moments, don't we? We go through those times where we're humbled and we're built back up because we have to be like the church mouse. We have to be. What does it say in Romans 12, 3? For I say, through the grace given to me, to every... Again, I'll say to you, Romans 12, 3. I know I try to repeat it more than once. I apologize if I sometimes forget. Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly, more highly than he ought to. Do not think yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sound judgment according to the measure of faith God has distributed to every man. That's how we're thinking. That's how we're to think. We're to think, we're to think, not highly of ourselves, but humbly. We're to be humble. Be humble because God wants to save us. He wants to use us. He wants to lead us and guide us. We are to be like that church mouse, humble. But here's another thing we need to remember. We are to be remembrance of our reputation. Because every church mouse has a reputation. I mentioned a while ago Mickey Mouse. I was studying different things this week. And I looked out and I saw that the most popular character of all around the world is Mickey Mouse. He's the number one most known character. Now, I can tell we have a little one back here. And the moment that we mentioned Mickey Mouse, she looked up. Her eyes got big. She enjoyed seeing this character up here. Do you know who Mickey Mouse is, little one? Yes, you do, Angel. You, everybody knows Mickey Mouse. All around the world, everybody knows Mickey Mouse. He's been around since... 1927, no, 28, excuse me, I got wrong for a second. He's been around all this time, 1928, he's been around all this time. People have known Mickey Mouse. He was the first one who got used in all these ways. 1928, he's been around all this time. The fact is, he's the most well-known character. He's popular and has a big reputation. Most well-known character around the world, even though he's an American, all the way around. 
Your reputation, your reputation, your character is more than you. And it's more than you know. Because you represent Jesus. You do. You do. You represent Jesus. And people know your reputation by the things that you do, by the things that you say. And you are a church mouse. You are. You're a church mouse. You're to be poor in spirit. But what's the reputation that you get? What are the things that we're known for? I'm known for a lot of things. But mostly I need to, I need to be known as a poor in spirit church mouse, humble. I need to be known for being loving and kind, and we'll talk about that. We need to be known. So what does it say in Colossians 3? Colossians 3, 12 through 13. What does it say? So as those, Colossians 3, 12 through 13. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. Here's a big one. And patience. That's hard, Pastor. I know. But listen to what else it says. Bearing with one another. And here's a big part. Forgiving one another. It says, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you must do also. So must you do also. That's hard sometimes, but we must forgive. We must be loving, kind, happy. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. I can always remember that because my name is Philip. So Philippians, but 2, 3, 4. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, 3 through 4. Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit. That means pride. Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility. Let each esteem the other better than himself. What do we always say? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? Yeah. I'll say it again. Let each esteem the other better than himself. Verse 4. Let each of you look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Look out for your brother. Look out for your sister. Take care of them. Treat them with love. Treat them with compassion. And by the way, that reputation... It goes beyond you. I've had people tell me, you're too nice. Oh, okay. I'm too nice. All right, that's true. In the past, I've been a fool with my kindness. I'll admit it. But I've said before, as a Christian, we've got to be nice. We've got to be kind. The only thing you can be too nice of is if you're caring more about what the people of the world think than the people of the Lord. And also, if you're being too worldly with that. You need to be kind to the Lord first. Be loving. Live Christ-like. Have Christ-like love and be reached, reach the world with the Christ-like love, but have that kind. I'm sure the people thought Jesus was a fool. They know, I know they did. But his kindness reached the whole world. His blood was for the whole world, to cover the world with his blood. I drew a, a, a picture once. I painted it. It actually was upstairs on the wall for a time. It's not there now, but it was there. And it was blood that was covering the first half of the world on top. You remember, Mom? It was to cover, because I, I didn't make the whole thing covered, because it's not. But it was to cover the whole world. That's why I died. Maybe I'll draw it sometime, put it online. 
It was to cover the whole world. That's why he died on the cross. To cover the whole world. That's why he did it. That's why he did it. You know, I mentioned Mickey Mouse. right? That's the, the symbol of this point. The reputation. He's all over the place. But here's the problem. Mickey Mouse is also a mascot. He's a mascot of the Disney Company. And I had no problem with that most of my life. I was watching some old Disney stuff the other day. I love the old classic Disney, the way it used to be. Sadly, the company isn't the moral family grape that it once was. I still watch the old-fashioned stuff, but I don't care for the new stuff because the character may still be great. I'm talking about the character of Mickey. He may still be great, the old-fashioned one and all. But his character, I don't mean the character, but his character is in question by the company that he keeps. You know what I mean? And Christians are no different. We need to be careful of the character we keep, the things that we do, the people that we're with, the things that we defend, the morality. I mentioned many times that politically, we don't need to be involved with politics, but politically, what we should vote for isn't the political stance, but the morality is what we need to stand for. We need to stand for what God would have us do. Does Jesus love everyone? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we need to biblically vote. We need to biblically live, biblically talk, biblically walk, biblically live. Not on our own personal standards, but Christ's standards. It says in Proverbs 3, 7. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Depart from evil. God knows what's evil. God tells you what's evil. But evil is in the eye of the beholder. When you're a Christian, you know evil. The world may say evil is good and good is evil. But God knows. We live in a stupid society. A stupid society where murderers are praised. And stupid little college students. I apologize if I sound like blind, but I am blind. When stupid college students are defending murderers who take up their own children and blame it on Israel. And they blame Israel for trying to defend their own families. I stand with Israel. I stand with God's land. And I always will. Because that's what God tells me to do. How does he do that, Pastor? Here is word. We knew this was going to happen. We didn't know exactly the date or how. We knew it would. And it will continue to happen till the world is perfect and it will happen. But we don't know exactly when, but we know we're in the last days. I, I, I digress. The, the next type of church mouse that many people are, there's a church mouse of stability. The church mouse of stability. Are you a stable church mouse? Or maybe you're instable or unstable. The next mouse of stability, we're going to talk about Jerry Mouse for just a second. I got to tell you about Jerry Mouse. I love Tom and Jerry. I got all of them. I love them. Here's the problem with Jerry Mouse. He's not very stable. <laughs> He's not, I love him. He's not stable. Okay, the problem I have with Jerry Mouse is I like him, but he could be sweet one minute and dancing with Gene Kelly. You know, he did that a couple of times, dancing with Gene Kelly. I loved him. He was on different movies dancing with Gene Kelly. And then the next minute, and he'd be the good guy, the good guy helping the little ducks or the birds or whatever. And then the next minute, he's out there starting the trouble. Well, he was usually the one starting the fights with Tom. Tom was just doing his job. He was trying to protect the house. And then the next minute, 
he's out there, and Tom is being the honorary one, and he's being the good guy again. And he's out there starting fights again. Tom's just trying to sleep, and Jerry's starting the fights. And then the next minute, on the next cartoon, Jerry's a good guy being best friends with Tom. My whole point is Jerry's unstable. And I never thought about it before. He's an unstable character. How many Christians are that way? They're not stable. They're unstable. You can't depend on them for anything. We're not to be unstable. I'm sorry, Barry. I didn't mean to, to make you somewhat of the villain here, but you are. You're unstable. And we're not to be unstable in our ways. We're to be stable, unlike these microphones right now. We're to be stable. We're to be counted upon. We're not to be like that. We're not to be mocking people like he would mock Tom. We're not to be unstable, mocking the Lord, and then, and then on Sunday be a good guy, Mouse. No, no, no. We are to be stable in our compassion for Christ. We're to be stable in how we walk, talk, and live. Always being a stable church mouse. Always. As a church mouse, we need to be stable to God and our church family. We should be able to be counted upon. I used to hate when I'd have helpers come and help me in the children's church. No, no, no. no. I would love it. But I'd hate when they say, you can count on me, and then a week later they wouldn't show up. And not just not show up, but not call me, not let me know. I couldn't get a hold of them. And then we'd never know if people were going to help me at all. My dad had the same problem. People, I'll be a deacon, you can count on, not like the other men. And then you'd never see him again. How many people say, I'll be there, I'll be there, and they, they wouldn't show up. But last year for the Christmas program, I had all these people I was supposed to be able to count upon. Came time for the program, no one was there. No one was here. And you know what happened? Thank God for my friends who I could count on who were always there. And they jumped up. Even some of the guests who were my friends jumped up. People say, oh, fellow Paul Jesus is friends. I can count on the stability of my friends. All of a sudden I have a Beatles song going through my head. But here's the truth. You can always count on the, your certain friends. You can count on them. They could be there. That's the truth. Because we need to be stable, not unstable. What kind of mouse are you? Proverbs 11.2. Proverbs 11.2. Proverbs 11.2 talks about pride getting in your way. That's what happens when we're unstable because we let pride get in the way. Talking about our way, not God's way. This is what it says in Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. 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 Then there's Proverbs 18.12. Proverbs 18.12. This is a good one. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. But humility comes before honor. A lot of times people have to fall flat on their face. But then there's honor. You know, many times I've had to be hurt. But then after that, God will build me up. Sometimes we have to be broken before we're built. That's just how it is. So what's the last church mouse? Well, the last church mouse that we'll talk about here is the mighty. Well, we already know who that's going to be. Mighty mouse. Okay, so the mighty. The church mouse that is mighty. We're talking about mighty mouse. Who was mighty mouse? Well, basically, we know. He was Superman as a mouse, basically. I always liked him. And you remember the song he would always sing. Well, the fact is, is, here I come to save the day. You know, I say, here I come to save the day. I, mean, I love that when I was a kid. I listened to it all the time. But we are to be the church mouse that can be relied upon. 
The problem is, too many people rely upon their own power, upon their own might, and that's when they fail. That's when pride gets in the way. We're not to be that way. A true mighty church mouse doesn't rely upon his power. He relies upon the mighty power of Jesus Christ, the Lord God, because here he came to save our soul, and that's what he did. That's why Jesus came. And when we rely upon the mighty power of Jesus, anything, everything, all things are possible. All things in God's timing, in God's way, not our own, not our own. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 10. So I take pleasure in weakness. This is Paul talking, by the way. So I take pleasure in weakness, in reproaches, in hardships, in persecutions, and in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm going to say this again. He's not just talking about the weaknesses we have physically, not necessarily. Now, he had weaknesses, and he was praying for, he was praying that God would heal him. And God did. God told him he was going to continue to have that. He wasn't going to heal it for whatever reason. Here's the thing. I want to be healed from lots of things. I prayed for years. No one sees his plea. I'm stuck with it. I don't know why. However, praise the Lord God. Through time, I haven't had him for a while. I don't want any more. I have to go through a lot. I've had to go through a lot. But here's the beauty of it. God has helped me even with it. There would be some Christians say it's because I haven't had enough faith. That's stupid. That's so stupid. Am I saying they're stupid people? Ignorant, maybe. Ignorant because until you go through that, you just don't know. But what I will say is this about it is this. Don't be foolish and try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. God has built me up through my physical weaknesses, just like Paul went through. He wanted to be healed, but God wanted to make him mighty in his faith and in his spirit by letting him suffer. Maybe you have a, a suffering. Maybe you have diabetes. Maybe you have a cancer. Maybe you have a weakness. I see our, our beautiful sister here. She's been having to deal with some things today, some physical things. I'm saying this to you so that you understand it's okay. I understand. And uh, I don't understand because I've gone through it. But I understand that God is with you and he helps you through these things. And he makes you mightier. Mightier because of God's power through you. We suffer through our physical problems. We suffer through our emotional problems. We suffer through all these things. But the mighty power of God is with us. And the mighty power of God is how we become mighty. Not because we depend upon ourselves, but because we depend on the mighty power of the Lord God, Jesus Christ. Amen. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, as we often say, and I'll go to that here in a little while. But what do I often say? 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. Turn to 1 John 4, 4. I'm going to read the entire verse. It's not that long, but it's a great verse. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Talking about those who persecute you. You have overcome them because he, Jesus, who is in you is greater than he who is of the world. I ought to say this. 
the people of the world, the lost, or the Antichrist, or Satan, or whoever it is that is speaking of here, is speaking with Satan. It's speaking with Antichrist. It's speaking to those who are in the world. Greater is Jesus Christ who is in you than he was of the world. God is greater. It is the mighty power of God who is within you. So one minute you might be on the floor having your physical problems. One minute you might have the flu. You might have some kind of illness. But God is still with you. Don't give up on God. He has not given up on you. Continue to get back up. Continue to pray. To Continue to get back up because the mighty power of God is within you. Be the mighty mouse, the mighty church mouse of God. He's with you now. He'll be with you forever. That's never going to change. Ever. Ever, ever. And there's one more mouse. No, wait. No, it's not a mouse. It's not a mouse. Beware of the pretend mouse. There's a pretend mouse that comes around every once in a while. A pretend mouse that comes around. There's a pretend mouse that comes around speaking and sneaking with false teachings. And it's a church rat. A church rat comes around once in a while. Not necessarily in our church, but once in a while that happens. A church rat comes around. Many a television church rats are around. Wearing mouse ears. And that's what they do. They put on a disguise, trying to look like a mouse. And I know that you see it once in a while. People on television. Preachers. Teachers, people who pretend that they're a church mouse. They might even own a church. And by their own, I don't mean that it's theirs, but I mean they might be a pastor. They might be a preacher. They might be someone you see on TV all the time. But beware of them. Just because they have mouse ears on doesn't mean they're a mouse. They're a rat. And they're used to the devil. And they have lots of false teaching. Does that mean they're not a Christian? I'm not saying they're not, I'm not, saying they're not a Christian. But I'm saying they're not a very good Christian. Because anytime that someone comes to falsely teach, and falsely preach and misguide. They're not being used of God. They're being used of the devil. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. There's so very many of them. And they take scripture out of context. And it confuses. And remember what I've said so many times. God is not the author of confusion. That's the devil. That's his the now, let's read Revelation 3.17. Revelation 3.17. In Revelation 3.17, For you say, I am rich and have stored up goods and have need of nothing, yet do not realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, how many television rats do I see that talk about having all the money in the world? God has blessed me with all the money in the world. I've got everything. I've got jewelry. I've got so many houses and mansions and cars. And you can have the same thing, too. If you just give me right now all sorts of money, I can give you. Listen, that's nonsense. God does not promise those things. Now, maybe God has blessed you with money. Wonderful. That's wonderful. That's a blessing from the Lord God. However, God does not promise that you're going to be wealthy. The riches he promises are riches of spiritual means. And maybe you're going to have wealth in this world. I hope you do. But folks, not, not, not if that means it's going to keep you from spiritual gain. But some people can't have both. Why? Because they depend upon their own means and not the means of God. We don't need a spiritual rat around pretending to be a mouse. We don't need that. We don't need it. 
How can we tell the difference between a church mouse and rat? Here's how. Call upon the Lord. Listen with humble mouse ears. With humble mouse ears. Led by the Holy Spirit. Led by the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? By knowing the Word. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate pest control. That's the truth. If you're listening to the Holy Spirit, He'll help you to get rid of all the pests in your life. That's the ultimate pest control. I mean, we've, I've had it here in the church before. People who are pests, people who come around trying to mislead, bring false teachings, bring false things. My father had it too. Other preachers have it. It comes all the time. People who say, I'm going to give, I'm going to lead, I'm going to. I had a guy come here before, I mentioned before, a guy who said, I'm going to help lead you as you lead the church, folks. I'm telling you right now, that wasn't a church mouse, that was a church rat trying to bring all sorts of false teachings. You know what the Lord helped me to do? He helped me to go and get the ultimate, ultimate uh, pest control. And that was the Holy Spirit to get out. And, and that was where God showed me, don't be so nice to those people. By nice, that doesn't mean I was cruel. It just means don't, don't get your arms open for people like that. Be sure you know the difference between a church mouse and a rat. Don't let the rats in your house kill them. Kill them with kindness and tell them, get out. You're not welcome here. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're not welcome here. Don't let them in your house. Remove these things from your life. But Philip, I can, Pastor, I can watch those things because I'm a Christian. I should be loved. No, 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 no. Remove them from your life because it's an author of confusion. You are to be led by the Holy Spirit. You are to be a church house. A church mouse, humble, kind, loving. A church mouse who the Lord wants to lead and build up. What does it say in 2 Corinthians 9.9? In 2 Corinthians 9.9, as it is written, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His righteousness endures forever. His righteousness endures forever. He's given to us. We poor churches. We who are poor in spirit. His righteousness endures forever. And he says in Proverbs 22, verse 4. What does he say? In Proverbs 22, verse 4. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord is riches. I've heard this phrase, the scripture, get me to you, that God is going to bless us with riches beyond belief by some of those church rats. But the fact is, that's not what God is promising. He's promising spiritual riches beyond belief if you follow him with a humble heart. Where in the Bible does it say that being humble and being rich come together? Most rich people are not humble because they can buy their way out of anything. They can buy their way out of it. We should do that. We should do that. Be humble. Once again, Proverbs 22, verse 4, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord, that means honor and respect for the Lord, is riches and honor and life. I'm so very thankful that God has shown you that you needed Him. I'm so very thankful that the Lord showed you the truth. And that you ask Jesus in your life. You have been honored, honored with honor and riches, spiritual riches and spiritual 
life. You're no longer the walking. You are church houses, full of speed, full of life, full of life. The church mouse is to be humble. Is to be humble, stable, and mighty. Humble, stable, and mighty in the spirit of God. Which one are you? Are you humble? Are you stable? Are you mighty in the spirit of God? Hopefully you'll all be able. Perhaps today God has shown you that you need to be humble in a few areas. Thank God for showing you. Maybe there's a few areas where pride has gotten away, or you think you're doing it all on your own. You're not. There's not one thing that we can do on our own and never count on God. Not in our job. Not in our family. We always need help. Perhaps we're unstable. Some things we go back and forth in our life or take them. One moment we're living for the Lord God. God has to show me some things. God has had to show me that one minute I'm living for the Lord God and other times I haven't. Especially the Lord showed me that. We need to be stable, have stability in our walking for the Lord. Don't be like Jerry House. One minute good, then bad. No. God wants you to walk straight down. Straight and narrow. Are you mighty? Remember, you're not mighty on your own. You're not mighty on you're mighty because you lean in the arms of the mighty one, the Lord Jesus. Amen. And I close today by reading Philippians 4.13. As I've said many times before, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the spirit of church mouse. And as we close today, what kind of church mouse are you? You are church mouse, and I'm church mouse. Do you find yourself sometimes not as humble as you ought to be? Do you find yourself not leaning upon the Lord, not too much on yourself, not stable enough? Do you not lean upon the might of the Lord God? Perhaps today God has shown you areas you need to change. I know He is me. But today God can change you and make it from the who you ought to be. Humble and yet proud of the might of the Lord God. Let's bow and pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that you are with us always. That you are always leading us and guiding us, Lord, when we listen to you. Sometimes, Lord God, we get caught in the things of this world, and we know it's a trap, Lord God. But we pray that you will strengthen us never to pay attention to those things, but only listen to your voice. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that if there be anyone here who needs to come forward, that they know that they're always welcome to you, Lord God, that you will lead them, you will help them. And I pray. If there be anyone who's watching at home who does not know you, but they they will realize it's more than just believing that you exist. But they'll realize believing means to put all their beliefs into you, to follow you, to ask you to save them. I pray, Lord God, if there be anyone right now who's suffering from physical problems, that they'll come forward and pray for healing. 
there's anyone who knows someone who's sinful, and I pray for deep prayer. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone who's having a hard time with commitment, that today they will be, uh, not only will they commit themselves to you, but Lord God, that they will be stable in their walk, and that they will rely upon you in mighty power. I pray all this in your name, Lord Jesus.